Hello, friend. Welcome to Making Disciples Naturally with the Kansas Communities Ministry. My name is David Dennis. How does being a disciple impact making disciples? This is my last episode with Eddie Brizard, International Vice President with The Navigators. If you've missed any of the previous sessions, I really urge you to go back and listen to them. Today, Eddie shares some practical insights into making disciples. I want to just take a couple of minutes here to talk about some practical things with uh, discipleship. How do you sure. how do you uh, how do you meet with people? What do you talk about? Do you meet in groups? Uh, I realize much of your time is spent in leadership at this point in time, but when you do get a chance to spend with individuals or small groups, what does it look like? Yes, well, when I when I do that. Uh, there, there are a couple of things that I like to think about. Um, <clears throat> one is that when I am discipling, you know, discipling is largely demonstrating, not just telling. And the discipler who disciples with power is discipling out of his or her life. You know, you have to be a disciple in order to make a disciple. And we can only truly disciple out of that which we are. And I think Jesus sent it up that way, and that's what he demonstrated. And so in light of that, when I am meeting with people, a lot of what I try to do is blend together the testimony of what God has done and what God is doing in me in the areas this person needs to grow in and taking the scriptures because you can't, there is, there is not going to be transformation, not permanent change and transformation without the role of the spirit of God and the word of God in the life of another person. And so my, the spirit of God, I pray and there is a role of prayer in the Spirit of God, but God's Spirit is moving on the hearts of other people. But it's the Word of God that's my responsibility to sow and to use in the life of another person. So whatever I am doing with another person to disciple them, I, I've got to be using the Scripture, the two-edged sword of God's Word to, to pour right into their life and to, to trust them. And, and, you know, the Word has so many different functions in our lives. It encourages us. It rebukes us. It instructs us. It admonishes us. It, it, it's a mirror we look into to show us where we're wrong. It's a rock that breaks that, that uh, excuse me, it's a hammer that breaks that hard rock of our heart at times, or our stubbornness into pieces. And so uh, the scriptures are absolutely key there. I, I, can e I can't even imagine a discipling encounter with someone where, where it's not around Jesus at the center and, and the scriptures right in the very center with the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the word. Mm. And, and so that is for me. And then the, the other thing that uh, is more important for me, I alluded to this a second ago, David, that more so as I'm, you know, a little further along the, this journey now, um, is the Spirit of God. 
is that I'm really, because it's God's spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.18. He is the one that changes people from one degree of glory to the next. It's not me. <laughs> but he invites me to cooperate and participate and partner with him in that. So to be able to put that together, you know, I'm going into a disciple and making, I mean, in some ways, I still get nervous knees when I go into discipleship because I can't change that person. I can see there's a there's people that I'm meeting with right now. And I just, I am so frustrated, but I cannot reach into that person and turn this dial from proud to humble. That button, that, that gauge does not exist. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But the Spirit of God can use me in discipling that person to help them grow and mature in humility. But it's as the Spirit of God works, as He guides me. And that's why I'm always going into a discipling situation, uh, you know, saying, Lord, I really don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. Please lead me by your spirit to somehow do the right thing. Bring the right verses to my mind. Help me. Because, I mean, and yeah, I know, look, I've done all the discipling packages and all that stuff. Man, half my discipling packages don't make it through the first five minutes of the man-to-man -man deal. <laughs> and I go, well, I can throw that away. And so that's what I'm saying. The preparation is the 20 years you spent in the Scriptures before you go into the man-to-man -man time. Hmm. That's what prepares me for it. <clears throat> and my dependence on the Spirit of God, because, man, I'm, oh, goodness, man, you know, when you're dealing with people who come out of drug addictive backgrounds and they've got marital issues coming out of the wazoo and children issues and stepchildren issues and blended family issues. And oh, goodness, like I used to say, you know, we grew up in the, you know, that six book series designed for discipleship. Sure. We used to say, man, that is beyond book six. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because so many of the issues we're facing today well, you need the Spirit of God and the Word of God. That's what we need. And so we may not necessarily go into a discipling situation being able to be fully prepared for it. That's why you got to walk by faith to disciple people. Because we need the Spirit of God to give us discernment to know where to apply the Scriptures and which Scriptures to bring to that particular situation and to that person at that time. Very so yeah. in, in my days right now, and this is, and then you can multiply this, David, when I, you know, because I'm, I'm in, I mean, sometimes I'm, in my particular role, I have, I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll be on, on this upcoming Friday, I'll be on a call for two hours and it's all in Spanish. So I'm going into situations, I'm discipling people, but I have to speak Spanish. I don't even speak English yeah. or Russian or something. I mean, so it's, you got to be dependent on God. Total dependence on God is required if I am going to be used by Him in making disciples. I asked Eddie to close in prayer, in particular, praying for those who are suffering during this time. Well, Lord Jesus, as your word invites us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And Father, as we close this time in prayer together as brothers or brothers and sisters together, Lord Jesus, we thank you that the path is open not just to get close to you, but to go right into your throne room. Lord, we worship you high and lifted up. Your train fills the temple. The four 
creatures and the 24 elders surround your throne and we declare with them, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Lord, we come into your presence in a time when the whole world has been stopped. You, Lord, by your sovereign strong right hand have pressed the reset button on humanity. And you, Spirit of God, are at work in our lives. And Lord, as you work so often, that involves pain for us. And Lord, you are not separated from our pain, but you also don't stop us from going through it because you know that you, as you work in the clay of our lives, work out your good, acceptable, and perfect will, even if it is painfully done so. And you have invited us to not despise the discipline of the Lord. And so, Father, as you allow times like these in our lives, Father, whether it may be unemployment, and, Lord, whether it may even be the anguish or the death of someone close to us. Lord, we look to you because you, Lord, are our only hope. You are the reason we have a living hope. It is in you alone, Lord Jesus, because we declare that our hope is anchored beyond the veil where you sit at the right hand of majesty on high. And it is there that our hope is anchored. It is there that we look beyond our world, beyond our abilities, that you would provide what we need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, not according to our ability to come up with solutions or creative alternatives to try to meet our needs. But we pray that in ways that would bring glory and honor to you, that you would provide what we need in this time of people being furloughed and set up and left off of and, and fired from jobs and laid off permanently. Lord Jesus, we ask for your mercies, but we ask with confidence, knowing that your hand is always with us because of Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray that as we endure this time of pandemic, that your purposes will always prove to be good, acceptable, and perfect. And we trust you in it all. So, Lord, lead us on and help us, Lord Jesus, to never choose another vine to plug our branch into, but help us to ever see what is true, the true vine of our Lord Jesus Christ, and there, Lord, might we, even in the pain of job loss and death and other periods of suffering we experience, might the branch of our lives be ever connected to the true vine of life. And may your life, eternal life, flow into us and keep us and cause us to bear fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. To make disciples, I must be a disciple. In fact, I must be a growing disciple. Making disciples means that I am allowing the Spirit of God to lead me, to be an example, to simply share my life with another person. It all has to be done with a Bible between us, sharing our lives over Scripture. 
Matthew 28, 18-20 And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. What are you doing to obey Jesus in this area? What are you doing to make disciples? The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.